Uh, let's go ahead and put up our notes here. I want to speak for a little bit on victorious warfare. Yeah, and I added this little idea, according to godliness, because I want you and I, our understanding of warfare, not to be flippant, not to be something you want to go do on your own terms anytime, because ultimately the goal is to become like Jesus. Uh, I made a typo on the next line, but anyway, so we live in, in a spiritual world of darkness that holds sway over this present time. Uh, this will all change on God's timetable. Hallelujah. So the next line is, the greatest spiritual warfare in history was waged by Jesus Christ being uh, crucified, dying, and being resurrected. Jesus waged war by completely surrendering to the Father's will. Let's just let this get in us. Therefore, our spiritual warfare is waged uh, based on, I got typos everywhere, based on the complete victory. Everybody say that. Complete victory of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, being buried, and then rising again, ascending to heaven. Next slide. Thusly, we wage spiritual warfare from a place of Jesus' complete accomplished victory. I have two slides with a prayer. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, I draw near to you to live in the fullness of your love and to bring you glory and reflect the nature of Jesus Christ within and through me. Next slide. According to Psalm 8611, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Amen. Okay. The devil does not comprehend God's plan. Uh, let's look at John 1.5. This is at the Amplified Version. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unreceptive to it. Now, the devil is, uh, let me show you why. Let me show you something. Just, the Lord just highlighted this to me. Matthew 16, 21, uh, 23, it says, From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. He's already saying this. He's telling the disciples out loud. And Peter took him aside and rebuked him, saying, Far be it from you uh, that this should never happen to you. Now, this verse is up here, the next one. And he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on things of men. Now, uh, I want you to see that Satan is influencing Peter for Jesus not to die. Now, look at the next one. So now he influences the opposite thing. He influences Judas, and the he doesn't have a clue. Satan. Is, so basically, look, 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 God just allows the devil to do his dirty work. Okay, if there's dirty work to be done, the devil he he doesn't know what's doing, but he'll like go into the doors, the opportunities. So this is what happens. John thirteen two. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Let's go to the next slide. John thirteen twenty seven. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered him. Now there was a doorway of agreement. And he says, well, and Jesus looks at him and says, now what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do quickly? Now let's go. I want now to look. Do you see that this darkness doesn't really comprehend what's going on? He says one thing over here. He says another thing over here. This is why. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, 8. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everybody say the word hidden wisdom. Say it again, hidden wisdom. God has hidden wisdom. Hidden. It's hidden. It's hidden wisdom. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages of our, uh, for our glory. Now look at this, which none of the rulers of this age knew. None of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have crucified the Lord. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now the rulers of this age, there's a little confusion, not confusion, but there's a, some, you know, it, because in the other verses it says the rulers of this age prior to this as they're passing away. And I think Caiaphas and Herod and Pilate, I think they might have already been dead at this time. So, but we all know that there's this influence of the adversary in the world system over rulers uh, in the physical realm. So what, what are we, uh, they wouldn't have killed Jesus had they known the hidden wisdom. It's almost like the Lord said, here's some bait. So who are the rulers of this age? It's a combination of the devil and the people in positions of authority that are influenced by Satan's deception. Genesis 3.15 says it this way, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between, and now he's talking to the devil. He says, your seed. So the devil has a seed. He has people that follow after him in his wickedness. And her seed, which is Jesus. He will bruise your head, you will bruise his feet. Let's go to the next slide. So now Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. He said, you are of your father, the devil. That's the seed. Nicodemus came out of it. But these were under the influence. He said, Jesus explained it. How many of you know Jesus tells you the truth? So Jesus is looking at the Pharisees and says, you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so we see in Luke 23, 20 through 23, we see that Pilate addressed them and, and uh, more desiring to, so Pilate wants to release Jesus, but they, they kept shouting, these are people under the influence of the liar. The devil has stirred up the people. Crucify Jesus. Crucify Jesus. See, it's the, the hidden wisdom. It's, they don't see that the very thing they're going to do is going to turn redemption for the whole world. And the third, uh, said, the third time, he said to him, why? What evil has he done? I found in him no guilt deserving death. Therefore, I to punish and release him. And they, they were urgent. The pressure of how many of you have ever felt the pressure of the adversary on you? They got the pressure of the adversary on them, urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. But look at this. This is God's plan, Acts 2.23. And this is Peter preaching. Thus Jesus delivered up according to the definite, everybody say definite plan, and foreknowledge of God. Say it again, hidden wisdom. Okay? That you uh, crucified. So now this is Peter talking to the Pharisees. Is saying the same thing Jesus did. He was there. He saw it. That you crucified, you killed by the hands of lawless men. But this was God's plan. So the next slide is this. Kingdom of God is an invisible kingdom that through the victory, Jesus' victory on earth has established this concept. Everybody say this. Already 
Not yet. Already the death blow has been given to the domain of darkness. Colossians 2, 14 and 15 says, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. Death blow to the works of Satan. He took your, he took, he took that, years ago I saw this illustration. I have all Gladys' sins right here on this paper. Satan, Jesus, I've already nailed it to the cross. It's canceled. None of her sins matter. I died for them. It doesn't work anymore. Hallelujah. And he triumphed over the one who could hold the paper and do it. He triumphed over him. Praise the Lord. The death blow already. The next one is uh, Hebrews 2, 14, 15. Since therefore the children share this in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. There's a, it's a, the most beautiful thing because it, the Bible teaches us how precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. To have someone who knows Jesus fall asleep and wake up in glory. No fear of death. Already. Already. We've got the already. What's the not yet? Jesus has not yet returned to earth physically to set up his kingdom. Now, there's an earthly parallel. I've shared this years ago, but you would know historically about all this. How many of you remember, uh, and we still celebrate that, I think it's 100 years ago, D-Day. D-Day was when the uh, uh, Americans, the Allies, uh, went to the shores of Normandy, right? And they, they, they stormed the shores, and uh, that day, that particular day, that battle that day turned... That was the, the victory day. That was the t- determining day of the, who was going to win the war. That day decided it. Now what happened, though, is that you had to go do cleanup because there were pockets. But that was the determining day. The cross, the resurrection, that was the D-day. But now it's cleanup. Are you there? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead. Once you get this, this is good. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. So Hebrews 2, 8, second part of the verse says, Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. Now look at this next line. At present, say that with me. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. It says it right there. It says it right, right now at this time. Now, already, but not quite yet. Everybody get happy inside. Everything you need is already there. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Everything you need. Everything. You don't go to battle with him hoping he's going to do something. He's already done everything. Oh, come on. Let that get in there. He's already won it completely. Every warfare thing that you have is already accomplished, complete, secured victory. Praise you, Jesus. That's why a baby in Christ can go, Jesus! And 20 angels show up and go, what's going on? And the room changes. Come on, that's... <laughs> what's going on here? 
<laughs> Maybe they're from the south. Southern angels, who knows? Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 3, 3 through 4 says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so I just want you to know that there are just like you, you didn't see, but then you came into seeing. You came to know. And this is the beauty, the beautiful power that we have now uh, him given everything to us. I want to add this little thought about according to godliness. Paul opens up his letter to uh, Titus saying this. He says, Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith and God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. This is a key thing. I, the Holy, While I'm putting it in here is the Holy Spirit quickened it to me. So I looked it up. It just means this. Godliness means reverence, respect, piety towards God, and holiness. Godliness means reverence, respect, piety towards God, and holiness. This goes along with our concept of the fear of the Lord. This is a reverence and a respect. Now, when we get into the weapons of our warfare, I want you to know they're godly weapons. They're not flippant weapons. It's not from something to use in the flesh half-heartedly confused, acting like a goofball. The whole goal of this is to, pr to produce something in you of the weight of God's character. Let's just say, hallelujah. So in 1 Timothy 6, 3-4, Paul instructs Timothy, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with God, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He is an unhealthy, has an unhealthy craving for controversy and quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions. It goes on. But in 1 Timothy 6, 11, 12, Paul teaches his son in the faith, Timothy, to pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Would you say that, verse 12 there, fight, the good fight of faith. Finding the good fight of faith has to do with character being developed in you. Everybody say that. Character development. Hold on to eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So when we talk about the weapons of our warfare, the purpose of the weaponry is that we grow up in Christ, overcoming the works of the enemy, with a deep love and respect for the privilege of having been given heaven's authority and the realm of the earth to advance the kingdom of God in our lives and in the lives of others. Now we're going to shift. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says it this way, for the weapons of our warfare. Would you read this one with? Next slide. Is the next slide there? There's, oh, I, don't put that, I didn't put that in there? Okay, never mind. I'll just read it aloud. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare deal with anything that exalts itself against the concept of God in your life. Anything that wants that real estate, that airspace between you, 
wants to make itself a high thing. We have been given weapons to clear out that stuff. Are you there? How many of you have had been burdened with all kinds? Hey, you know this is true, but the battlefield is the mind, right? The battlefield is the emotional realm. The battlefield is where you're weakened in your will. So your soul is the target. And today I want to call you to say, I'm making a choice to be, I didn't put in the good soldier stuff here, but this, uh, the idea is that we are called to be good soldiers in Christ and not be involved in civilian affairs. Today is the day to hear that. This is the day to hear that. The whole world is under the sweat. The world is deluded, completely confused. But the Word of God changes everything. And this is the so first weapon, the Word of God. The weapons of warfare are all given to us from the Word of God, and the Word of God itself containing all God's promises, instructions, exhortations, gives the needed training to wage warfare according to godliness. Let's uh, say this one out loud, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. Next slide. Psalm 107.20, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Next slide. Ephesians 6.17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I just wanted to say those, but now from the word of God, we also get the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a weapon. Next slide there. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will, follow, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. I didn't put this long one in here, uh, but I'll say what's implied is that uh, to use the name of Jesus, you must submit to the name of Jesus. To use the name of Jesus, you must be submitted to the person and the character and the heart of Jesus. And we see that wild analogy, well, that wild story, Acts 19, 13 through 16. Some Jews who went about driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. These guys were not submitted. To Jesus. You got the point? Sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the, 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 the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them and gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. You got to be submitted to the person of Jesus to use the authority of the name of Jesus. Number three, a weapon of our warfare, prayer. Matthew 6.6, 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who live, sees in secret will reward you openly. This is such a major key in warfare. Because it is in the... And by the way, most of everything that I'm, else I'm going to show you are other resources, very specific prayer resources that you pull from the Word of God, 
uh, and from the from the Word of God, and they're they're uh, now specialized to bring uh, freedom and to help us. How many of you are doing? How are we doing so far? Okay. Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication in your spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I have been doing, uh, let, let me, that, that verse that we, when we, that was brilliant, honey, what we had just talking all and everybody going, saying, hey, we're going through the season and the fact that uh, there's been, uh, everybody is going through a similar kind of struggle and sufferings, you know, and the Lord says, I'm doing a work in you and after you've suffered a while, I'm going to cause there to come an establishing of things, a restoration of things, a confirmation. I'm going to do this. Um, when you're going through a season, uh, th- this is what I've noticed on a subjective level. I've noticed when I'm going through a, a kind of a warfare season, that when I do the normal thing that I normally do to be in God's presence, I don't get in God's presence very fast. I have to do more of it. Are you there? So you sit down and you feel like it's dry. You don't feel like you're getting there. Well, what I do is I, I just dig down further. Find a seat, get the, i got to get the water. I don't go through the day without experiencing a refreshing of God's presence. So it's not readily available. I do something to... Get in it. So I require more of myself. Because if I don't, I'll go through several days and I'll just be a grumpy old man and they'll make a movie out of it. Because you have to taste the goodness of the Lord on a regular basis. If you just put your hands down and feel defeated and you're like, well, I prayed... I didn't. I don't feel nothing. And the devil goes, "Oh, you little. You, let me get you. Go ahead and get your dunce hat for you. You put your dunce hat on, because you know you can press through. You know you can go a little further. So, go a little further. I feel like half of you're going like, you just go further. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go further. <laughs> Number four. Everybody, look at this one." I put it on a different slide just for this reason. Everybody say it. Perfect love. Just say perfect love. Perfect love. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Perfect love. What's it do? It casts out fear. And I just said in everything else, in everything else, fear's just the first thing it deals with. It gets away everything. Perfect love. The Father's perfect love that was perfectly expressed through Jesus Christ that's poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The perfect love of God does everything we ever have need of. It's the perfect love. And the perfect love of God is the motivation of the Word of God. It's the motivation of the, the name of Jesus. It's the motivation of every single weapon of warfare. It's the perfect love of God. It's the motive that God gives us these things because He loves us unconditionally and perfectly. The perfect, complete, unconditional love of the Father expressed through Jesus Christ, poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, is our mighty weapon. Oh, let's go ahead and praise the Lord for that right now. Thank you, Lord. Perfect love of God. Hallelujah.
And see, the devil wants to separate you from that. He wants to say, no, no, you, you messed up. You got something that holds back his perfect love. You say, no, 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 no. When he sho- he, I was telling somebody, when the devil shows up to try to get that space between me and God, I show up. What are you doing here? Warfare. I'm not dealing, you know what carnality is? Carnality is, the, uh, we don't wrestle. Here's what happens. Somebody insults you, does something to offend you, right? If somebody deeply offends you, does something that really just really sets you off, and now you're hurting. You're hurting. You're hurting. You're hurting. Here's what you can do in the flesh. Well, I hate that person. I'm just going to soak on this. Hey, 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 hey. I want to think about it. See what I can do to get back at them. Carnal, flesh, open door, demonic harassment, anger, stronghold, foot, a foothold, be angry and sin not, allowing a foothold. Of the, we looked at that last week. What happens? You end up down the road all tangled up in demonic power, worthless, because you didn't forgive. You didn't start to speak blessing over them when they hurt you. You didn't ask the Lord. You can say, hey, sometimes when you get stung, you got to see, you need a friend, you need somebody to help you. Look, in the position I'm in, this has happened so many times. I've lost count. I have just lost count. I discovered that if you're going to sign up and be with Jesus, what he went through, you go through. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, if you're walking with Jesus, someday somebody's going to betray you, and it's going to really hurt bad. Somebody's going to be very discouraged about you and spread rumors and all this stuff. Somebody's going to do stuff. They're just going to do stuff. What you do at that time determines your future. And here's what happens. When you go through those things and you keep pleasing the Lord with everything in you, I want to tell you what happens. This is the most precious thing. I can. The Lord goes, good job. I have more anointing and authority and power that because your heart represented me through this season of difficulty, I'm going to put my anointing and power and authority in you at a greater degree. Can somebody just say, thank you, Jesus? Now, all across the landscape of the body of Christ, you'll see people who used to be anointed and are no longer anointed. Unfortunately. Or they don't go to the next level. They don't go to the next level. Abraham took faith to the next level. King David took spiritual authority to the next level. How did King David take authority in, Jesus, in, in the kingdom to the next level? God sent Saul. And he was chased around by Saul. And he had to learn to love and honor someone who was out to get him. And then God promote, promoted him. That's why Jesus is called the son of David. In God's kingdom, every weapon is motivated by love. So let's go ahead, just a couple more. 
number five, truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There will be specific truth that the Lord will give you. Sometimes it's just a, he highlights a scripture. I was talking about to the guys back there this morning about when the Lord highlights a scripture, take your pencil, write it out. Uh, you don't always see what's in the scripture when you just read it. If you write it out, it starts to write into your heart and you start to get more and you can read through it. Truth will set you free. Words of knowledge bring truth by the Holy Spirit. Number six, big, 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 big forgiveness. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't forgive them, then their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. I learned a major key. This is a to massive, 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 massive major key. I was in a the church when we were in the high desert, I was talking to a lady who was in the foyer of the church. Church was letting out. She had a root of bitterness 20 miles long against her parents. She hated them for what they did to her. She couldn't get over it. Hated them. I said, can you forgive them? She said, are you kidding me? No, I can't forgive my parents. Very adamant about it. So I said, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do? Holy Spirit says, Ask her if she'll let Jesus do the forgiving through her. Brilliant. God is so smart. I said, how about this? Will you yield your heart and let Jesus do the forgiving through you? She goes, oh yeah, I could do that. Can you believe that? Now here's what happens. You say, so as led her in a prayer, said, Father God, I submit my heart to the big forgiver, Jesus Christ, because his blood has already been poured out. And I give you the, uh, I allow you and partner with you to flow your forgiving power through me. May the blood of Jesus flow through me to my parents. The tears begin to manifest. The bitterness begin to wash out of her soul. Jesus did the forgiving. She got set free. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Now you got to choose it. By the way, people say, if you just forgive with your will. And Jesus said, no, it's not the will. When that whole thing, Jesus says, forgive with your heart. The core of who you are. That's very, I can get into this another teaching, but I'll let it go. Because we got to get on here. Seven, repentance. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. That they may come to their senses and escape the snares of the devil, being captured by him to do his will. Repentance. There's uh, that Second Corinthians 7, uh, 10 there is about godly sorrow leads to repentance, which re begets life. The sorrow of the world leads to death. But this granting of repentance. Repentance is so key. Renounce, number eight, renounce, to legally disown. To legally disown. Paul says it one time, he says, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Renounce the hidden sayings of shame. When we come to, here's the thing. Repentance has this ability to stand before God and you're basically repenting and saying, I need complete heart change about how I see all this. And I need a, a release on, on life based on the power of forgiveness has happened and now it's my choice to turn from this. Now you empower me. And then he goes, good. Okay, that's between me and you. Now, renouncing is about what the devil's all about. So now you put your chin down and you say, devil... I renounce you. I disown the generational sins. I disown everything that you've done in my life. I disown you. Get out of here. I disown. That's renouncing. Everybody say praise the Lord. You have been given spiritual weaponry to renounce and disown legally 
every work of darkness. Praise the Lord. Okay. No, number nine, there's only two more. After this, anointing. Anointing of Jesus. Anointing, I love this verse. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from thy shoulder and his yoke from thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. There's a, a, a equipping, a spiritual, invisible, equipped, tangible power of God to come and break. And this last two, uh, 10, intercession, fasting, and prayer. The fasting is for drawing intimately close to God to hear him. Uh, it, fasting is not about building up some kind of a spiritual. It's about submitting closer to God, and God becomes bigger inside of you. Oh, glad you're here. Watch this. And suddenly you'll understand what to do, and the powers of darkness are broken. And number 11, let's stand together. Number 11, being filled with God's presence and love to overflowing by worshiping Him. This is called high praise. Let's do that right now. Just go ahead and lift your hands again like we did earlier. Would you praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Let's praise, praise Him, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that as your people have suffered a little while, that you are doing something so remarkable. I feel like the Lord is definitely wanting to tell you, and today especially, do not be discouraged anymore. Do not be discouraged anymore. You can cast down any way that the hell, hell has tried to dishearten you or to cause you to feel depressed in any way. You can throw it down now. Jesus is in complete authority. Let's praise him for that. Hallelujah. We break all agreements, all words spoken, all negative words spoken out of our mouths that have added to stress and depression. We repent of those words. We take the power of those words from the atmosphere of our family, of our life, of our home, in the name of Jesus. And we lift up praise. They praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of darkness, be gone, be gone, be gone. We thank you, Lord, for your perfect love that casts it out. And we drench our hearts. We drench our hearts in the perfect love that you give us. Let's receive that now. Let the outpouring of the Holy Spirit's love flood your heart and mind now in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Your goodness is so remarkable. Thank you for your authority in us, no matter what our age, whether we're just brand new starting in the Lord, all these things work the same. We praise you for that. Thank you for equipping us. Thank you for pouring into our lives. Thank you, Lord. Um, would you just 
lift your hands. I do sense the crown. Um, the, the Lord says in uh, Psalm 103, He crowns us with His steadfast love and mercies. Um, I saw, I just a glimpse of you, and I saw the Lord says, I'm going to, this season you've been through, there's a crown. They crown you with steadfast love and tender mercies. Just receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there someone else here? They say, Lord, can I have the crown come on my head that I would know your steadfast love and tender mercies? Would you open to them? Let the Lord, let the Lord be generous to you right now as your beloved son and daughter. He wants to crown you with steadfast love and mercies. Steadfast love and mercies. Thank you, Lord. You sense the weight of his presence. You sense the power of that word. Go ahead and lift your head. Say, Lord, I'm taking off everything else off of my head that is not fit for the King. And I submit my head to you, Jesus. See, Jesus wore a crown. It was made out of thorns. He took everything that would be piercing your life, piercing your thoughts. And you have given him that. Anything that comes to torment you, he says, I'm going to take it from you today and replace it with my crown of steadfast love and tender mercies. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Let faith fill your heart. Let this let praise flood up into your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. The Lord knows the individual struggles, but He doesn't come to condemn. He comes to free you and help you and give you more than you had to go through. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Anybody, uh, we're going to just dismiss now, but this is a beautiful spirit. Let's just stay in the spirit. And those that want to come forward, we can have a green prayer and prophetic prayer over you. If you want to come down, just come on. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Love on each other. Praise the Lord.